The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, hello and welcome to this third talk on the the hindrances, the five hindrances. Today we do the third hindrance. And the hindrances are that which compromises our capacity for a useful engagement with our activities, whatever we do, whether it's meditation or life itself in other ways. And I use the word engagement because uh, being mindful is also an engagement. It's something that's activated or comes alive when we're mindful. And um, to only associate mindfulness with calm uh, might actually encourage a kind of dullness in the mindfulness. It's possible to get over calm. And, <clears throat> and, uh, but to associate mindfulness with uh, uh, making effort for some people means that we're trying too much, we're straining or uh, we're agitated in a certain kind of way. And so this is a, a classic metaphor in Buddhism of the middle way, that where's that middle? And um, so in terms of the five hindrances, the first two um, uh, kind of uh, uh, greedy desire, uh, compulsive desire, clinging desire, and then uh, 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 hostile aversion. Uh, that these uh, kind of a desire and aversion are both energizing. And some people, even if they're really hostile, love to be hostile and angry because now they feel truly alive. And otherwise they don't feel much. Maybe they feel... Maybe they feel unworthy or dull or bored or something. And being angry just makes them feel kind of like energized and they feel so, you know, that's what they're attached to. Not necessarily the aversion, but the, the being energized, they love it. Or same thing with desire, that the, uh, sometimes with fantasies of different types, um, uh, it might be a pleasant fantasy, but uh, desire, but it's the sense of coming alive and what it does in the body and the feelings and that we feel like there's purpose and meaning. Um, and sometimes people spend a lot of time in fantasy because it, it's, there's a pleasure of feeling alive. And some people, uh, it's kind of operates as kind of caffeine of the soul, aversion and desire. Caffeine of, you know, it's kind of a caffeinated thing where we're using something to keep us energized that's not really natural in a certain kind of way. And, um, <clears throat> and so when we find ourselves no longer caught in desires and aversion, some, in meditation, some people don't know how to be alive, energized, engaged, without desire and aversion. And so there can be a dullness that sets in. There can be a kind of a withdrawal, caffeine withdrawal. And it can be awkward and time of boredom and feeling dull and feeling maybe headachey or feeling kind of uncomfortable. And we have to, it's very important to realize that just like with uh, uh, withdraw, withdrawals from caffeine, it takes a while to kind of work it through the system. That the withdrawal from desires, a life of constant desires or constant aversions or both, 
um, there's a period of withdrawal, an awkwardness for a little while, and we don't know quite how, what foot to stand on, or we don't we feel dull or bored, or we feel uh, shut down or something, discouraged even. And, um, and so we have to kind of have the wisdom to know how to go through that. So the third hindrance is usually translated as sloth and torpor. And uh, these are English words that probably I never used until I came to the Vipassana tradition and teachers were using them for this uh, third hindrance. And, um, and it's not the same thing as tiredness. And, uh, you know, physical and mental tiredness uh, can come from overexertions, come from just not having slept enough. And that can have a big effect on meditation as, all, as well. And there you have to be careful that maybe it's more important to take a nap than it is to meditate. Uh, if people who are sleep deprived, you know, it's probably better to sleep than to meditate. Ideally, you get enough sleep and, um, and then you can, um, you can meditate without that kind of dullness that's there, sleepiness. Some people, however, when they're sleepy but can't sleep, find that meditation helps. It, it settles something so they can go to sleep. But uh, so sleepiness is not sloth and torpor. Sloth and torpor is, um, is a psychological condition that compromises our capacity to <clears throat> be mindful in a, in a balanced, engaged way. And there's a variety of things that can do that. Uh, one is, uh, as I said, uh, the withdrawal symptoms of not no longer being caught up in d- desires and aversions. Sometimes it's because the meditation is going well and uh, we're getting fairly concentrated and calm, but we're getting too calm. And so we're kind of, the mind is kind of going into a dreamlike state. If there's a lot of uh, dreamlike images and things feel basically pleasant in meditation, then that's, uh, uh, people get complacent, they get kind of lulled into kind of a, a kind of dreamlike state. That's usually a sign that there's not enough engagement, not enough vitality in the mindfulness. And then the art is to turn the dial a little bit, just enough to get that engagement, to, you know, bring in more clarity, more active recognition, and, and really seeing what's happening in a little bit more kind of energized way sit up straighter. Sometimes it's enough for people. Uh, maybe do walking meditation instead of sitting meditation. And um, so the imbalance of energy and calm is, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's called concentration and energy. Another reason for uh, this uh, sloth and torpor is uh, uh, it's a kind of uh, uh, variation of aversion. We don't like what's happening, and so we, we, want, we want to kind of... We, there's aversion for sure, but it manifests as a shutting down. Uh, we're getting really tired and, and uh, dragging our feet. And you, feel, see, you can see this in spades sometimes in young children, where they'll... Uh, and I remember very well how I did that with my mother uh, when it, she pulled me through department stores and, uh, when I was young, and, and I just really disliked it. And even the smell of them, I you know, which kind of set me off as uh, this is associations I had. And I would drag my feet and tell my mother how tired I was and, and, um, and, uh, and how hard it was. And I must have been miserable for my mother to be with me the way I was so tired. 
Um, and then all she had to do was say, let's go get some ice cream. And boy, the tiredness just vanished. And then like, oh, then it was worthwhile being alive. So it was a kind of a resistance to tiredness and uh, a strategy of um, aversion. And uh, so, so sometimes, uh, but sometimes uh, the sloth and torpor can be, uh, what's called sloth and torpor, can be a shutting down uh, out of fear or shock. And it turns out that the first word that we translate as sloth, if you go and look in the Pali English dictionaries, uh, one of the meanings that they give is rigidity. And, uh, and this, uh, uh, I think, works really well for some of the compromising ways in which we are trying to meditate. We are compromised in meditation. And that is um, fear can operate in such a strong way that we shut down, we, we, we freeze, we um, uh, don't know what to do, we just kind of, you know, just kind of uh, maybe even give up or something. And, um, and that's what compromising awareness is a kind of rigidity or freeze, uh, freezing up or dullness and that is a response to things being overwhelming. And that can also happen in meditation because sometimes meditation is kind of like taking the lid off Pandora's box of our emotional life. There's a lot of unresolved emotions that exist within us. And meditation, as we quiet down, um, the active way in which we keep them repressed or keep ourselves uh, avoiding them can, um, can slow down, can quiet. And then these deeper wellsprings of the anger or the grief or the despair that we might have shows itself and that can be overwhelming and so then people will shut down and uh, and some people will shut down so thoroughly that they kind of just kind of not really even aware of what's going on and they might believe that they're meditating well because they're you know nothing really happens you know until the end of the sitting and they hardly knew where they were during the sitting, and so they think, oh, well, boy, that was fast, or boy, that was, uh, you know, I must have been deep in meditation or something. Um, but uh, so a shutting down, a freezing. And so uh, all these things that go on, uh, and then, you know, there, then one more thing, reason for sloth and torpor is um, actually bliss. Some people get such joy and well-being and happiness in meditation that they bask in it. They kind of give up their energy. They kind of lean back and just kind of, kind of indulge in it in such a way that the the mindfulness goes out the window. And uh, and then there's even no desire to kind of be mindful anymore. But things are really dull, just kind of, um, and a certain kind of dullness because we're just kind of basking in this in the sun of of the bliss that might be there. So all these things need respect. All these things need to be care and love. Anything that fits in the category of sloth and torpor, uh, rigidity, freezing up, all these things are not enemies. And and, uh, there's no need to be afraid of them, but we need to become wise about them. And uh, and to understand exactly, kind of a little bit understand why sloth and torpor has come up and um, because simply kind of increase the level of energy or engagement that we'd want to do might not be the appropriate thing for some of the 
reasons for sloth and torpor. And so uh, it might be that uh, we want to stop our meditation if we're really afraid. And that's why we're freezing up. And maybe do walking meditation, maybe just to walk gently around the block. Uh, so there's a different context for feeling what's going on, that we don't feel trapped by it. Meditation, for some people, people feel trapped. But if they're walking around, they might be willing to kind of be present for what's happening in an easier way. Or maybe even uh, meditation's counterindicated. Um, if we're up against this, the, the, some really deep challenge and we have to be really careful and considerate of what's the best way to uh, appropriately uh, address the reason for the freezing up that might be going on. Um, and, um, but the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the bigger picture, what we're aiming towards over time is to dial up the efforting, the energy, the vitality, uh, just enough so that we feel engaged in the mindfulness, but not tired. Engaged in the in the uh, in the aware- in awareness. So it's not we're not we're not caught in a desires, not caught in aversions, but uh, just that middle way that's sustainable. And um, and so it might be that. Um, uh, you know, it's just uh, you feel tired. You feel like you don't have much energy, but you um, you turn the corner and and there, lo and behold, and in the, some big parking lot nearby, there's uh, this never before event. There's a circus has come to town, and you've never seen such a thing. And now, uh, you know, you're just kind of amazed, and you're just kind of in a relaxed way. You you're not tired at all anymore. You're just kind of like, wow, you're present to study the colors of the tents and I don't know what. I don't know if my examples are the right ones for you for this middle way of dialing up the energy when there's sloth and torpor, but that's the, that's the goal and sometimes we can do it directly and sometimes we, um, you know, take our time as we address what's going on in the appropriate way. So for today, uh, what I'd recommend is that this what what I did in meditate the guided meditation is that um, the ebbs and flows of how engaged, how present, how clear our mindfulness is has a lot to do with whether we're caught in desires or aversions or whether we're caught in sloth and torpor. And to watch the ebbs and flows and see what is compromising your mindfulness. And is it desire? Is it aversion? Or is it a kind of shutting down, or a giving up, or a complacency? All of the above um, can operate. But watch the the, um, the ebbs and flows. Uh, that's the assignment, if you want to, for the next 24 hours. So, um, thank you. And um, we'll continue with the hindrances tomorrow. <laughs>